This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-2 offering. Fly ball to left field. Pretty well hit. Varsho going back. He's at the wall. It is gone. Two-run home run for Juan Soto, and the Padres take an early 2-0 lead against the Blue Jays here in the first. Juan Soto, the early home run in the first inning, and the Padres never look back as they beat the Toronto Blue Jays 9-1 in their series opener at Rogers Center in Toronto. Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios. Welcome into our Padres Radio Network postgame show. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday evening. Padres with the win improved to 45-50. and Blue Jays with the defeat dropped to 53-42. and Final totals here tonight for the Padres, nine runs, nine hits including four home runs no errors and for the Jays one run at six hits and no errors and really a game where the Padres did everything they had to do a very clean win a much needed win snaps a three game losing streak and uh, at least takes some of the bad taste out of your mouth from that series in Philadelphia over the weekend a lot to do on our post game coverage we'll go back to Toronto here from Padres manager Bob Melvin have a full recap for you all the radio highlights may have some Additional post-game reaction from inside the clubhouse, and as well, we'll have our daily awards, our out-of-town scoreboard, all that good stuff to come. But just to give you some thoughts on this one before we get into all of that, there was a lot to like about this game for the Padres. Four home runs, including the two-run home run in the first inning by Juan Soto, then Manny Machado, Gary Sanchez, Trent Grisham all go deep later in the game. And really, Soto hits the two-run home run in the first inning, Padres never looked back in this game. They never trailed, and they continued to add on throughout the ball game. That was great to see. Two in the first inning, two in the third, two in the fifth, one in the eighth inning, and two in the ninth inning. It was impressive, especially what the Padres' offense did early to Alec Manoa. And it's something that uh, Bob and Tony talked about during the broadcast. It's something I talked about during the pregame. And no secret, it's been really a major story in Toronto. Alec Manoa, who finished third in the American League Cy Young Award voting last year, having a really, really rough start to his season. So rough, the Blue Jays sent him down for a little over a month and then brought him back up right before the All-Star break. This was his first start after the All-Star break and just his second start since getting set da- uh, sent down to the minor leagues. And I thought the Padres did a really good job against him. They made Manoa throw 41 pitches in the first inning. Hassan Kim, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto all had the count go to 3-2 and two to begin the game, and it resulted in Soto hitting the two-run home run. Padres never looked back, so they set the tone offensively early, very patient against Manoa, made him throw 81 pitches through three innings, and he never got out of the fourth inning. So offensively, approach-wise, power-wise, adding-on-wise, really good stuff in this game for the Padres. The other big stories, Joe Musgrove, terrific once again. Six innings, one run given up. He continues to be so so, so good for this ball club. And we'll get into all the numbers on Joe going back to late May, but really more of the same. And another reason this outing was impressive for Joe was 
It didn't start all that well. Two straight base runners to begin the game ends up giving up an RBI single in the first inning, makes it a 2-1 to one game, but after that really settled in. Scoreless second, scoreless third, worked out of two on, nobody out in the fourth inning, and finishes up with a scoreless fifth inning and a 1-2-3 sixth inning, 109 pitches total for Joe Musgrove. He was really good, another quality start, and picks up his ninth win of the season. The other aspect of this game, and we'll dig into it more, the performances in the bullpen. Tom Cosgrove and then Alec Jacob, who made his major league debut over the weekend, faced only one batter. Remember, he struck out Alec Bohm in his major league debut from AA, and he came in uh, in the eighth inning during this game. A 1-2-3 inning gets Bichette, Belt, and Guerrero. 2-3-4. In the Blue Jays lineup, some big-time hitters, and then in the ninth inning, walks the leadoff man but bounces back to strike out two and get a fly out to end the game. So he was really good, impressive day for the bullpen, and again, overall, Padres did what they needed to do here tonight, get a nice, clean win, get back on track in a sense. We'll see if they can keep it going into tomorrow. That is the key right now for this team is can they string wins together? Can they create momentum? We thought they had it. Before the All-Star break, they were knocked off that course a little bit, certainly over the weekend in Philadelphia. But overall, very clean, well-pitched win against the Blue Jays in the series opener. That's got to make you feel good, and we'll see if the Padres can continue that tomorrow in Toronto. lot to do when we come back. We'll hear all the highlights from this one, recap it in its entirety. Plus, we'll go back to Toronto, hear from Bob Melvin coming up shortly as well. Again, the final score in Toronto. San Diego 9, Toronto 1. Postgame show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios. The final score in Toronto as the Padres win this series opener from the Blue Jays. The Padres 9 and the Blue Jays 1. Lots to get to on our post-game coverage. We'll recap this game, play all the radio highlights in just a moment. Also go back to Toronto, hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Stay tuned for that. You can get involved on our post-game coverage. Tweet at me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E. Instagram DMs open as well. Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y. L-E-V. Let me know what you thought about this game here tonight, what you thought about Joe Musgrove, the offense, the bullpen, whatever you want to discuss. I also have some Twitter polls up right now for our player of the game and relief pitcher of the game coming up later. So head to my Twitter again, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Vote in our Twitter polls. You have two options for relief pitcher of the game, Tom Cosgrove or Alec Jacob. You have three options for player of the game, Juan Soto, Joe Musgrove, or Gary Sanchez. 
pitches. So you choose our player and relief pitcher of the game here tonight. We will get to your phone calls coming up later in the show, but if you want to wait on hold for a bit, get in line. You can do that. Phone number is always 833-288-0973. Again, the phone number 833-288-0973. But first, let's recap how this one went down in Toronto tonight. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F-750s and motorhomes. The Padres made Blue Jays starting pitcher Alec Manoa really work in the first inning. Hassan Kim worked a 3-2 count. He grounded out. Fernando Tatis Jr. worked a 3-2 count. He walked. The count went to 3-2 again, this time on Juan Soto. 3-2 offering. Fly ball Ooh. to left field. Pretty well hit. Varsho going back. He's at the wall. It is gone. Two-run home run for Juan Soto, and the Padres take an early 2-0 lead against the Blue Jays here in the first. Manoa threw 41 pitches in the first inning, but only gave up the home run. Joe Musgrove got in immediate trouble in the bottom half. George Springer and Bo Bichette greeted him with back-to-back singles to begin his outing, but Musgrove then struck out the next two. The rally was left up to Matt Chapman. The 3-2 pitch. Swung on. Base hit up the middle. They're going to send Springer on the RBI single by Matt Chapman. And the Blue Jays are on the board here in the bottom of the first inning on the two-out RBI single. Padres' lead is now 2-1. to one. Musgrove would allow just that one run. Fast forward to the top of the third. Fernando Tatis Jr. led off the double that hit the third base bag and rolled down the line. Juan Soto was next. Home run number 17 on the season for Juan. First pitch to him, swung on line, drive into right field. Pretty well hit, coming in hard is the right fielder. Springer dives for it, it gets by him. It's going to go all the way to the wall. Fernando's going to score. Juan Soto Cruz is in with a double. Back-to-back doubles give the Padres a 3-1 lead here in the third. So already a home run, a double, three RBIs for Soto. Manny Machado then walks, Andrew Bogarts flew out. That sent Soto to third. Jake Cronenworth then scored Soto with a sack fly. Padres had a 4-1 to lead. Alec Manoa threw 81 pitches in the first three innings. Musgrove settled in. Two base runners reached to begin the fourth inning, but he got out of it. In the top of the fifth inning, with the Padres leading 4-1, to Manny Machado led off against Blue Jays reliever Nate Pearson. Look out when Manny heats up, it usually lasts. And here's a drive to left field. Speaking of heating up, this one is at the wall. It is gone. Home run for Manny. Number 18 on the season. That gives the Padres a 5-1 lead. Padres weren't done. With two men away, it was Gary Sanchez. 2-1 to Sanchez. Driven to left field and deep. Going back is Varsho. He looks up. This one is gone. Second home run of the evening for the Friars. Ninth home run of the season for Gary Sanchez. And the Padres now have a 6-1 lead here in the fifth. Musgrove finished up his outing with scoreless frames in the fifth and the sixth. The final line on Joe, he was good once again. Six innings, one earned run, five hits, one walk, struck out seven on 109 pitches. Then the bullpen took over. Tom Cosgrove pitched the scoreless bottom of the seventh inning, despite allowing the first two batters to reach base. In the eighth inning, Trent Grisham stepped in. 1-1 to Grish, fly ball, pretty well hit to right field. Springer going back, he looks up, this ball is gone. Home run for Trent Grisham into the Padres' bullpen. And the Padres now have a 7-1 lead on home run number 10 on the season for Trent. 
In the bottom of the eighth inning, Alec Jacob retired Bo Bichette, Brandon Belt, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in order. Very impressive. Padres then got more in the ninth. Juan Soto walked against Blue Jays reliever Mitch White. Manny Machado single. Jake Cronenworth was next. Fly ball left field, heading towards foul territory, but it's going to fall in fair over the head now of Whitfield, who is over in left field. It is going to go as a double for Jake Cronenworth. Juan Soto will score, and the Padres now lead 8-1. to one. Gary Sanchez drove in another run later in the inning with a sack fly. It was a 9-1 to one game. Alec Jacobs stayed on for the bottom half of the ninth inning, issued a leadoff walk to Kevin Biggio, but he bounced back to strike out the next two, got a fly out from Danny Jansen to end the game, and that was it. Padres 9, Blue Jays 1, a very clean, well-pitched, Impressive offensive performance by the Padres. Four home runs in this game. One by Juan Soto, one by Manny Machado, one by Gary Sanchez, and one by Trent Grisham. As the Padres improved to 45-50, and 50, Blue Jays dropped to 53-42. and 42. Padres snap a three-game losing skid, and they take this series opener in Toronto. We'll step aside, come back with Padres manager Bob Melvin. Hear what Bob has to say after this series opening win here tonight. That coming your way after this on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, San Diego 9, Toronto 1. As the Padres win this series opener against the Blue Jays, Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios on this Tuesday evening. Great to have you with us as we wrap this one up. Padres hitting four home runs in this game, a two-run shot by Juan Soto in the first inning, solo home runs by Manny Machado and Gary Sanchez in the fifth. And then Trent Grisham continues to swing the bat extremely well. We'll get more into Grisham a little bit later. Solo home run in the eighth inning. Padres did a wonderful job in this game. Scoring early, adding on two in the first, two in the third, one in the eighth, and two in the ninth inning. And, oh, by the way, two in the fifth inning as well. So they spread out the offense throughout the ball game. And Joe Musgrove, terrific in this one. Six innings, one run given up. He continues to be terrific. We're going to dive into the numbers for Grisham and Musgrove as of late, a little bit later in our postgame coverage. But let's go back to Toronto. Hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian Resource. You kind of come out swinging like you did today. How big was that after, after three games this week? You know, we've, we've been able to do that at times after tough week series, tough games or whatever. It's finishing them out. So no drama today was great. Um, you know, Jacob did a really nice job there for us at the end, found out a little bit about him, which could be a nice piece for us, gave us two innings. So I think it, was, it wasn't as much about the runs early, it was about, you know, adding on a little bit later and then no drama at the end. For Joe to do what he's done really the last two months now, what, is, what has kind of been the key for him to kind of get back to where he was last I, just Just getting his legs underneath him, getting fully healthy and getting on a routine that he's used to. You mentioned it a little bit, but you, Mercury Leavers, they had big leads, but those haven't worked out well for you all the time this year. Like, what can those guys' roles be, like, if they continue to pitch like that? Look, you, you make your opportunities here. So, uh, you know, we, we had Wilson at 6-1, to one, 
seven to one. Now let's take a look and, and see what Jacob could do. He came in his first appearance and got a strikeout, you know, in a, in a big situation. And, you know, so maybe the nerves are away. And that, now let's see what he's got to offer with a full pitch compliment and gave us two two really nice innings and plus and minus fastball changeup good slider he, some pretty you know some some not so great swings with some good hitters how much did it make Hassan Kim took eight pitches Toddy took seven Soto nine battled back like that was clearly your plan see what Noah had right I mean, how much that set the tone yeah I mean we knew we had some walks coming in he, he's a pretty good pitcher when he's on we knew he was struggling a little bit but to make him throw what close to 100 pitches in three innings or whatever it was, that's that's really hard to do. So I think, you know, going in we were going to see, but then once the game got going and was having a little bit of trouble and was frustrated out there, then you really try to make them throw more pitches. Is there an urgency in, in these games right now, the two weeks leading up to the deadline, to kind of get things going in the right direction to view yourselves as potentially buyers there? I, I don't pay attention to that. I mean, we have a good team as is. We just haven't performed very well. So. Uh, this team's good enough to to do well in any scenario. I, I, I don't get too caught up in that. These kind of wins have been plentiful, five, six, seven, eight run wins. I'm not even sure there's anything you can say to the right. team, but like it's those close ones or adding on that is the big thing, right? Right. Going forward. Right. And you know, in the last couple innings, shutting the other team down—that's that, an important thing. So, again, you know, we we have games like this. That's why we have the run differential that we do. It's the close ones that are going to tell us where we're going to end up going. Like you said, Joe's gotten healthier, but he's also had to pitch through some stuff for most of the year. What do you make the way he's been able to push through the last couple of months especially? Yeah, I think he's just a tough guy. Look, and he knows he needs to be there for his team. He ended up throwing over 100 pitches today. Um, Might have been his last last hitter, but, you know, I had a little conversation with him coming in after – you know, after the fifth, he threw a lot of pitches, so he wanted badly to go out there and, and finish six innings and, and did. Like I said, it might have been his last hitter, but I, just, I, just, I think this is the most pitches he's thrown this year, 109. What does that mean? I know you had an off day yesterday, but you know your bullpen has been pretty taxed recently. When a guy like that says, I want another inning, what does that mean? You, you would expect that out of a guy like him. I mean, he wants to be, he wants to be there for his team. Six innings for, for starting pitchers big, too. It's a quality start. It means you've... You know, eating up two thirds of the game, and and when you come out, you have a lead. Certainly, that's that's a starter's job. That was Padres manager Bob Melvin from the clubhouse in Toronto. Sam Levitt back with you inside our San Diego studios. And echoing on what Bob said there, yeah, Joe Musgrove today, very, very good. Six innings, one run given up. Got off to a little bit of a rocky start, but figured his way through the outing. And you look up, quality start, six innings, one run. You'll take that each and every time out. You heard some of the thought process there uh, of getting Alec Jacob into this game. And I'll tell you what, we're going to dive more into Jacob a little bit later. I thought he was very impressive in this ball game. What the offense did, and now, of course, the key for the Padres is doing what they did here today, really in all facets, starting pitching, bullpen-wise and offensively, and doing it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. That is the key right now for this team, but certainly a very clean, nice win in this series opener against the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. 
Our ace pitcher of the game, no surprise, Joe Musgrove. Again, he was great. Six innings, one earned run given up, five hits, walked one, struck out seven, 109 pitches. And like Bob Melvin alluded to, it was a season high for Joe. He was great. And you zoom out, you look at what Joe's done since May 26th, last 10 starts. 7-0, 176ERA, 0-9-6 whip, 228 opponent batting average, 61 plus innings, 61 strikeouts, 9 walks. He has been terrific for the Padres, really going back nearly a couple of months now. And again, it dealt with all the stuff during spring training, the kettlebell incident, the shoulder setback during the rehab process, the blisters on his feet after Mexico City, the bursitis in his elbow. I mean, to do what Joe's done this this season, with all that going on, I just think very, very impressive. And he continues what's been really, for the most part, a great starting rotation for the Padres here in 2023, despite where their record is. And Joe has certainly been a very, very, very big part of that. So big outing for Joe, Java Joe. Six innings, one run, our ace pitcher of the game. We'll get into our player of the game, Relief pitcher of the game we have the polls up on twitter if you want to get involved in those it's sammy lev s-a-m-m-y-l-e-v we also may have some additional post-game audio coming from players in the clubhouse as well so stay tuned for that but why not uh, dig into the phones while we have a moment phone number is always 833-288-0973 again the phone number to call if you want to get involved talk padres 833-288-0973 0973. Let's lead things off tonight with Henry, who's calling in from San Diego. Henry, you're on the Padres Radio Network post game show. What's up? Uh, hey, I'm calling from me right now, currently, and um, I'm, and uh, I'm watching the game on my computer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch, yeah, I watch all the games, uh, no matter where I am. Um, yeah, hoping they can really turn the season around and. The offense keeps uh, working, and pitching can go great. I think they have a chance at making the playoffs or even going to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Well, Henry, I, I certainly hope so and appreciate your positivity. Look, uh, today, a good step in, in the right direction. I mean, look, they've had steps in the right direction before. We've said it over and over and over every night here on the postgame show, it seems. It is about playing the way they did tonight and doing that for an extended stretch. And really, Henry, when you talk about postseason and World Series, they're a long way from that. Five games below 500, a lot of work to do. Is it impossible? No. But they've got to play this way for an extended stretch, and it's something they have not proved, at least to this point in the year, they can do for a really extended period of time. That's not to say it can't happen. There's certainly the talent to do that, but they've got to do it. So you thought they had a lot of momentum coming out of the break with what they did against the Angels and the Mets. They went on Friday in Philadelphia. You're feeling good, and then we know what happened over the weekend. Not so good. So... Good win, no doubt about it. Get back on track a little bit, but you've got to play this way day in, day out, and do it not just for a week, not just for two weeks, not just for three weeks. You've got to do it for a couple months here. That's the reality of the situation they're in, but here tonight, no doubt, really every facet 
did a really, really good job in this ball game. All right, we'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. More of our nightly awards to get to when we come back. We'll continue to take your phone calls. Phone number again, 833-288-0973. If you'd rather get involved on social media, tweet at me, message me, Twitter, Instagram, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V, the handle on both Twitter and Instagram. More to come after this on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. 9-1, the San Diego Padres beat the Toronto Blue Jays on this Tuesday evening. As the Padres win this series opener, Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios. We'll hear from tonight's starting pitcher, Joe Musgrove, coming up in just a minute or two. So stay tuned for that as we go back to Toronto to hear from Joe. We'll take more of your phone calls coming up as well. Phone number is always 833-288-0973. Again, phone number 833-288-0973. If you're on hold, hang out with us for a little bit. We'll get some more of your phone calls coming up in just a second. First, let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. 3-2, popped up, center field. This ought to do it. Trent Grisham is going back. Hassan Kim thought about it, but Trent's going to call him off, make the catch, and that'll do it. Padres with a convincing 9-1 victory over the Toronto Blue Jays in the opening game of this three-game set. Alec Jacob, who got the final six outs of the game, the rookie from Gonzaga. He's our relief pitcher of the game. Two scoreless innings, walked one, struck out three, is not allowed a hit yet in his major league career. In that eighth inning, faces Bichette, Belt, and Guerrero. 1-2-3 frame, walked the leadoff man in the ninth inning, but bounced back to retire the next three. Impressive outing for Alec Jacob from that sidearm delivery. Remember, he made his major league debut during the doubleheader on Saturday, faced one batter, Alec Bohm, and struck him out, got out of a jam. That was impressive, and tonight, really impressive for Alec Jacob, up from double-A just last week, and did a good job. I mean, the stuff looks good. I'll tell you a number that really encourages you with Jacob. He threw 31 pitches in this game. 17 swings on those 31 pitches. Seven of those swings were swings and misses, were whiffs. That's a good number. It's a good percentage. Through the sinker, has that sweeper from that kind of uh, weird delivery, different delivery, change up. Look good. Two scoreless innings. And a good opportunity, I thought, for Bob Melvin to use him there. And like Bob alluded to, find out what he has in Alec Jacob a little bit, a relief pitcher of the game. And by the way, I probably would have selected Alec uh, Jacob myself, but you actually selected Alec Jacob. I put the Twitter poll, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Your two options were Tom Cosgrove and Alec Jacob. And Alec Jacob with 85% of the vote. The fans pick my pick as well, our relief pitcher of the game. 
Speaking of pitching, Joe Musgrove, very, very good in this game. Six innings, one run given up. Like we said earlier, Joe has been terrific here for a while. Going back to May 26th, a 176 ERA in his last 10 starts. That's a span now of 61-plus innings. He's been so good dealing with the bursitis in the elbow and all the setbacks he had in spring training and through the rehab process. He just... Zoom out on Joe's season, and to this point, it's been really impressive. Let's go back to Toronto. Here's some post-game reaction from Joe Musgrove. Yeah, yeah, I was told Bob, and I was, <clears throat> I tweaked something early on, just, you know, very slightly, and I feel like he was very cautious of sending me back out there. I told him at 88, and he gave me the opportunity. Um, I told him I felt good, and me and Ruben kind of had a little side conversation just about, you know, where I was really at, and I told him I felt good and that I wanted to be pushed to, to get through six if possible, so few more pitches than I wanted in that last inning. I was hoping to keep it around 10 and get over, you know, just over 100 and get out of there. But um, yeah, I get down to 3-1 on the last hitter, and I think he did me a little bit of a favor chasing the 3-1 pitch, but was able to get out of that. Does it have to do with whatever was on your left leg? Yeah, there? I put a little strap on there. It was just like a little, uh, I don't know, like an overstretch or a tweak or something, but um, we monitored it pretty good. I don't think it's an issue at all. I'm not really thinking much about it now, but um, at the time we were just kind of doing what we could in the moment to keep it right, but um, I felt good. I felt strong. So is that like a left quad or what would it be? It's ad- uh, adductor. Adductor. Well, adductor strain, but yeah, it's not, I don't think it's going to limit anything. I plan on doing everything normal tomorrow. It's just kind of in the moment, a little tightness. So You said you were looking forward to seeing how you feel after the kind of the extended break um, through the all-star break. How did you feel today generally? I felt good. Um, you know, Rhythm-wise, I didn't feel as good to start the game. I felt like you know the tempo and the pace of the delivery was a little bit out of whack trying to find that rhythm again, and that's kind of the, the downside of having as much time off as we did. Um, I needed the t- I needed the off time to get you know my arm and everything back in a good spot and I feel like that's in a really good spot now but yeah I suffered a little bit out of the gate with you know momentum and, and timing of the delivery but I feel like I was getting better as the outing went on so. Yeah, I'll take the runs over a weight any day of the week. So um, anytime they give me an early lead, it's just gives me all the all the confidence in the world to go out there and really just attack. And I can take some chances earlier on in the game than you know I normally would if it's zero zero. So um, yeah, the offense was was you know banging on all cylinders in it. Given kind of your weird stop start start to the season, how kind of just. Happier you to be able to kind of put that behind you, and you've kind of fallen into a little bit of groove. You know, you have to Yeah, I mean, to get some consistency is the biggest thing. And um, you know, I've told you guys in the past, it's not always the results that are the most pleasing thing to me. Like, obviously, you want to put up zeros and you want to, you know, have quality starts and stuff. But you know, a six inning with three runs where I feel really, really good, and just a few things didn't go my way, I always feel better about those than maybe like a six oh. with zero or a six with one where I just snuck by and lucked out and got by. So. Um, you know, gave up one that I was able to limit the damage, but I feel like I was I was building as the outing went on, and I feel like I left the outing knowing where I want to be and the movements and the timing that I needed. So there's outings where, you know, I'll go scoreless for six, and I don't find that at all throughout the whole thing, and then it's a little more difficult going into the next one, feeling like I didn't accomplish a whole lot in the last one. I still don't have that game-type rhythm and tempo and stuff, so today was a good day in, in a sense of results and in the way I felt leaving the outing. Do you, do you see a sense of importance on these games in the next two weeks before the deadline to kind of solidify yourselves as buyers, as in contention, or or do these games kind of mean the same as the rest of them? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think many guys in here have thought a whole lot about whether we're buying or selling. I feel like whether we buy or sell, we're a really good team regardless. You know, there's certain guys that are are not going to sell. And, you know, even if we do sell off, you know, the guys that are available, the Blakes, the haters that, you know, are going to be available at the end of the year, 
we have a good team in here without those guys. You know, obviously we're not the same team without them, but we do have a good team. So I feel like that's not as much a concern, and we're not really thinking about that. We're thinking about winning games one at a time and just putting as many as we can together in a row. That was Joe Musgrove from the clubhouse after this start here today in the Padres' 9-1 win against the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, Joe going six innings, one run given up. The very start of that uh, postgame audio from Joe, he was talking about a little tweak. It sounded like maybe on his left side, his adductor. I think that's what he said. I have to go back and listen. Uh, but apparently had a little tweak there. But you know what? I mean, whatever it was, didn't affect him much. 109 pitches, gets through six innings, one run given up. But it was something that the Padres were monitoring as the start went along. And then you heard Joe Musgrove talk about uh, the trade deadline at the end there. And you know what? That kind of answer, you know, it's it's no secret in that clubhouse what the Padres A need to do. And the possibility that in a couple of weeks, I mean, let's see how they play. Obviously, that'll play a part in in what the approach is, but it's not, you know, out of the realm of possibility, depending on what happens, that there could be some guys moved. Now, we're not not there yet, but uh, you heard Joe talk about that that, and and essentially say, uh, you know, buy or sell. uh, They've got a good team in there. So, hey, it's an attitude you like, and and certainly Joe knows the deal and knows what the record is and knows what this team needs to do. And like we've said forever, I mean, the Padres could very well make that decision for this front office by the way they play over the next – couple of weeks and if you play really well you reel off some wins here you get really back in this race you make the decision for the front office so we'll see how all these games go but I thought really good answers there from Joe Musgrove before we continue on let's take a quick pause for station ID on the Padres radio network KWFNFM and KWFNHD1 San Diego. This is Xander Bogart. The Padres play here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios. Final score, Padres 9, Blue Jays 1 as the Padres win this series opener in Toronto. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a second. First, let's tell you about our player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? <laughs> Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today. Our player of the game. I gave you three choices on the Twitter poll. Juan Soto, Joe Musgrove, or Gary Sanchez. With 66.2% of the vote, our player of the game here tonight, Joe Musgrove. Six innings, one run, got off to a bit of a rocky start, found his way through, got out of a big jam in the fourth inning. At that point, the game is only 4-1, to one, two on, nobody out, all of it. Talked a lot about Joe already. He's our player of the game. Thought Juan Soto might have a shot, but very clearly, Joe Musgrove, the winner, 66.2% of the vote, Juan Soto Got over 28% on Twitter. Gary Sanchez got 5%. I I didn't think Gary Sanchez would win, but wanted to put a third option for you. Did have two RBIs. Did catch Joe. Did have the home run. But Java Joe, our player of the game tonight here on the Padres Radio Network. All right, let's go back to the phones. 833-288-0973. The phone number, 833-288-0973. Social media lines open as well. Tweet at me, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Instagram DMs open as well, at Sammy Lev. And if you want to get involved that way, I may just uh, interact with your tweet 
or your message live here on the air. Let me know what you thought about tonight's game, the Padres right now, and I'll do that during the next break. I'll scroll through my tweets and my DMs, and uh, we'll address those in our next segment. But let's go back to the phones. We go to Hubert, who's calling in from Point Loma. Hi, Hubert. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, are you Tommy? Uh, th- I am. I'm doing well, Hubert. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a longtime Padres fan. Excited to see the, the team get a great win tonight. Uh, but like, like many times, they either are lopsided wins, but followed up by losses. So we definitely want want to build some consistency. A question I have for you is really, what makes Bob Melvin not use? Uh, Cosgrove more consistently. He seems like he has the makeup for a really good setup guy with a 1-4-0 ERA. Your thoughts on that? Well, Hubert, I, I'll tell you, I mean, I think he's used Cosgrove pretty consistently here over the, the past uh, couple of weeks. Now, remember, Cosgrove was on the IL for a little bit after he got off to that really, really good start to his major league career, but I, I mean, he's used him a lot. I mean, you can even look at Sunday, used him in that sixth inning in a high leverage spot where the Padres are trying to keep a lead. Did it work out? Um, well, you know what? Excuse me. They had already lost the lead, but he's been used in high leverage spots. And I'm just going back to the games he's been used in lately. He was used Sunday. He was used on Friday. So he pitched, didn't pitch in the doubleheader. But he, he was used on Friday. He was used then the All-Star break. So I'm going back now to before the All-Star break, but I'm just flipping through my scorecards here quickly. Cosgrove was used on July 9th. He was used on July 7th. I mean, you know, but, but to be honest with you, Hubert, without even going back and looking, I mean, I feel like Tom's been used a lot. Um, you know, the, the other part of it, too, that you have to keep in mind a little bit is that, you know, Tom Cosgrove at this level in the major leagues is is probably being asked to pitch a lot more um, than he's ever pitched before because typically in the minor leagues, I mean, things are a little bit more scheduled. Things are typically a little bit more spaced out. But I feel like he's been used quite a bit here, um, you know, and, and has been given higher and higher leverage situations. I mean, he's, he's really been given more responsibility. So, um, you know, I... I you know, I don't. I'd have to really kind of dig through the games pre all uh, pre injury for Tom, post injury for Tom, and and see if there's you know any scenarios or periods where he wasn't used enough. But I don't know. To me, just off the top of my head here, I feel like Tom's been used about as much as you can use him, and his responsibility level has really increased. I mean, when you think about you know who Tom was when he showed up and. Um, you know, was a guy coming up from the minor leagues and, and uh, you know, somebody that you may have not known a whole lot about. But like I've said many times, he's been one of the real success stories this season for the Padres and a homegrown player that's come up and done a really, really good job. I mean, again, you, you think of, uh, you know, high leverage spots. I mean, the spots in the Angels series, the spots against Otani. Again, I, I feel like he's been used quite a bit and, and really has seen that responsibility level rise. Hubert, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Don in Rancho Bernardo calling in. Hi, Don. Hey, Sammy. How you doing? Today? I'm doing well. <laughs> good, good. That's great to hear. Well, uh, we can't complain about tonight. That's for sure. Great game all around. Starting pitching is perfect. Relievers offense i mean solid one of our blowout uh 
victories there. Mm-hmm. Uh, good start to a possible, what could be a possible miracle finish before the deadline here. And I'm kind of thinking that they need to finish at 500 or better, which would mean I think they need to go 8-3 and three before the deadline um, to become buyers. Um, anything less, I, you know, I don't know what they'll do, but yeah. I, if it were me, I would regroup for next year. Um, and I, that's my question to you tonight is what, you know, we are coming right up on it here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, 10, 10 game, 11 games away. Um, what record do you think they need to be at in order to become, uh, buyers instead of what everyone's been so been saying lately being be sellers? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Don, it's a great question. It really is. Um, it's a great question, and I don't know that I have an exact answer. I mean, again, and, and we even talked about this, I mean, as as far back as a month ago, where you wondered, okay, what is the threshold? What is being in it enough to not sell, quote-unquote? And also, you know, what is selling? I mean, uh, is selling moving guys like Snell, moving guys like Hader, who we heard Joe Musgrove mention there in his answer? Um, again, these guys know the deal. They know who would be out there. They know what they have to do in order to not sell or at least convince a front office not to sell. Um, look, Don, I would say this. I certainly don't think it would benefit this group if they don't want to be a group that forces this front office to sell to go backwards from this point on. I mean, if you're six, seven, eight games still below 500, you're eight-ish games out of a out of a playoff spot on August 1st. I mean, look, you can always make that run, and maybe the approach is, hey, we're going to sell some pieces. Maybe these guys, there's still talent here. Maybe they can still find a way to sort of pull off a miracle run here. It's a really hard question, Don, and... I don't quite know what that threshold is because, you know, if we're talking a game or two, like if you're six games out of a wild card spot, are you buying or at least standing pat? But if you're eight, are you selling? I mean, I don't know. Does two games make that much of a difference to your strategy? I don't know. Um, You know, I get the feeling it's not only about how far out they are, but also the way they're playing. You know, let's say you, you reel off a bunch of wins here. You only pick up a game or two because other teams are playing well. Well, you'd feel a little bit more confident if they can put together a nice stretch before the trade deadline. So, you know, Don, I, I, I don't I don't totally know, and I'll, I'll let you comment here. I, I don't – it's hard. I don't know what that threshold really is, but I would say that it's hard to imagine them buying – if things go backwards before the trade deadline. But you never know. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not totally sure what their strategy will be. I, I, you know, Even if things do go backwards, I don't know. Is there enough belief in this group in, in a push in the final two months that they say, well, it's not worth whatever return we could get, at least for guys like Hader and Snell, and we're just going to keep on keeping on here? Maybe. it's a, Don, it's a hard question, and I'll be honest with you. I, I really don't know what the answer is right now, what that threshold is. Yeah, you know, you raise a really good point, though, about how well they're playing. And um, that's something I hadn't honestly thought of before. If they're really playing well, um, even if they haven't made up a whole lot of ground yeah. in the next two weeks, they're just playing, you know, on fire, so to speak. Uh, maybe you let it ride. You know, right. you do because 
higher. So great point, Sammy. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, Don, you got it. I mean, look, I, I do think that's honestly part of it. You know, look, you can't control what other teams do. You would feel better just in general if I'd have to look how many games are left before August 1st, whatever it is, if, if you're playing really well over the next week and a half, two weeks. But what that threshold is, I don't know. Um, how much they would be willing, you know, I don't know if wave the white flag is is really the, the right terminology, like kind of surrendering on this year. Um, but you could look at it as, hey, you know what? The likelihood is we're not going to make the postseason just based on the math and what we'd, we would have to do. And we're going to get some stuff, and maybe this team does go on a run. I mean, we heard it from Joe there, buying, selling. You know, they feel like they have a good group, and they do. They do. I mean, certainly enough talent in there. But certainly, I mean, the minute the minute you move a snail, the minute you move a hater, I mean, look, that does signal something to your clubhouse. Um, it's a great question, and I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like I know what that threshold is. And I think there are strong arguments for both you know let's say they tread water the next week and a half two weeks and I get it and I've seen so much written about it I've seen heard so much talked about it here on this station Um, I understand the people out there that have seen this team now for an extended period of time 90 plus games and say they haven't really shown that ability to do what would be required to go on that run and also see hey this is an opportunity not that you're punting on 2024 look there's no doubt that no matter how this thing ends in 2023 this team's going to have super high expectations next year with the core of players that are here um and you know you would imagine they add in the offseason and, and do what they need to do uh, on the other parts of the roster. But, you know, I, I totally understand a perspective of, hey, if we're really not going to be in this thing and it's a real long shot that they go on that kind of run that would be required to make the postseason, that it's an opportunity to, you know, if if you could move a Snell, move a hater, to get some pieces back that are ready to help maybe even next year. That's my thing, too. Like, if you're going to move anyone and quote-unquote sell in any capacity – at the deadline, to me, with where this team is and how this minor league system is, where there is talent, but it's really at the lower levels right now, I mean, you've got to be getting, to me, pieces back that would be ready to help and add depth to your team at bare minimum next year. I mean, this is a team that I don't care how this year ends, that is built to win right now. So... So it's a great question. I don't know how it's going to go. I do think the next week and a half, two weeks, are going to partially dictate that. And, you know, there's no secret. The players in that clubhouse know that. Um, that the way they play can very much dictate how this goes in a couple of weeks. So uh, it's a great question, and it's uh, it's an important question for this front office and for this organization and uh, what direction they go. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of battle with it in my head because, you know, if you're hanging around and you're, you're within striking distance with the payroll you have, with the expectations on this team, with always the potential of what this key team could do to go on a run postseason-wise, I don't know. If you're within striking distance and you think this group has it in them, do you totally punt on that? When the place is sold out most nights, 
I don't know. And, and I don't think it's as simple as some may think it is, that decision. It's it's difficult. And I don't, you know, if I'm A.J. Preller, I'm not totally sure what direction I go. But the one thing I do know, like I've been saying, is that the way you play in the next week and a half, if you can play really well, yeah, you may dictate some of that, of what happens at the uh, trade deadline. So, look, we're a couple of weeks away. Uh, well, not even a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I think we're actually are we exactly two weeks. I'll have to look at the calendar here. But around two weeks away, and it's going to be fascinating. It is, because there are decisions to be made about the strategy at the deadline. All right, we'll step aside, come back out of town, scoreboard, play of the game. I'll go through my DMs, my tweets right now, uh, read some of those, interact with those. If you want to squeeze a phone call in, you can. Phone number 833-288-0973. As we wrap this one up, again, the final in Toronto, Padres 9, Blue Jays 1 on the Padres Radio Network. Postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios as the Padres win it 9-1 to over the Toronto Blue Jays. On this Tuesday evening, Padres snap a three-game losing skid. Four home runs in this game. One by Juan Soto, one by Manny Machado, one by Gary Sanchez, one by Trent Grisham. Joe Musgrove, terrific in this ballgame here tonight. Six innings, one run given up, picks up his ninth win of the season. You'll hear one of those home runs again. For our play of the game. That'll come up in just a few minutes. Again, if you missed any of our post-game coverage earlier, if you missed Bob Melvin's post-game press conference, our recap and all the radio highlights, or what Joe Musgrove had to say after the game, we already played it here on the post-game show, but you can catch up with it either on social media, 97.3 The Fan SD on Twitter, or 97.3 The Fan on Instagram, and it'll be on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast with Sam Levitt on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast shortly after we're done. The full post-game show, as always, is up on the podcast channel. Really good uh, place to catch up if you miss any of our post-game coverage, any of the radio highlights from each and every Padres game. Again, the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast with me, Sam Levitt. Let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard, tell you what's been going on today around the major leagues. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the Out of Town Scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. Take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard. We had the resumption of a suspended game earlier today. Giants beat the Reds 4-2 in Cincinnati in 10. Game two of that quote-unquote doubleheader here today in the seventh inning right now in Cincinnati. Giants leading 11-10. We have a couple of high-scoring games here tonight. Astros trailing the Rockies 4-3 in Colorado. Ninth inning in Colorado right now. Angels who beat the Yankees last night on a walk-off base hit. Well, they're beating the Yankees again here tonight, 5-1 to in Anaheim in the seventh inning. A's over the Red Sox right now in Oakland, 3-0 in the sixth inning. 
Twins beating the Mariners 7-3 in the fifth inning in Seattle. Phillies beat the Brewers earlier today 4-3 in Philadelphia. Dodgers over the Orioles in Baltimore 10-3. Jason Hayward a three-run home run in that game. Guardians beating the Pirates 10-1 in Pittsburgh. Josh Naylor, a couple of two-run home runs in that game for Cleveland. Mets beat the White Sox, a wild one in New York, 11-10. The Mets hang on for a win against Chicago. Almost squandered a seven-run lead in that game, but the Mets hang on for a second consecutive win. Another wild game. What was going on tonight? The Diamondbacks beat the Braves 16-13 in Atlanta, and the D-backs needed a big ninth inning in that game to get 16 runs on 16 hits, 29 runs on 27 hits combined in that game as the D-backs win it in Atlanta. Final in 10 between the Cardinals and the Marlins. Cardinals beat the Marlins 5-2. Nolan Arenado, a walk-off three-run home run for St. Louis at Busch Stadium in that one. Rangers beat the Rays 5-3 in Arlington. Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, a couple of home runs in that game as the Rangers keep on winning. Cubs beat up on the Nationals 17-3 in Chicago earlier today. Patrick Wisdom had a home run in that game for Chicago. Royals beat the Tigers 11-10 in Kansas City earlier. And that's it. That game between the Astros and the Rockies, by the way, went final in Colorado. Rockies beat the Astros 4-3 officially at Coors Field in Colorado. Now, let's tell you, or let's hear, our play of the game. What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. 3-2 offering. Fly ball Ooh. to left field. Pretty well hit. Varsho going back. He's at the wall. It is gone. Two-run home run for Juan Soto, and the Padres take an early 2-0 lead against the Blue Jays here in the first. Juan Soto, our play of the game, the two-run home run in the first inning. Padres never look back in this ball game here tonight. For Juan Soto, home run number 17, the first of four. Manny Machado with his 18th home run, the solo shot in the fifth. Gary Sanchez is ninth later in the fifth inning, and Trent Grisham, number 10 for him in the eighth inning as the Padres beat the Blue Jays 9-1 to in Toronto earlier tonight. So a lot of home runs, and like I said earlier, towards the very top of the postgame, I thought, What was really impressive for the Padres early in this game against Alec Manoa, the way they made Manoa work, they made him throw 41 pitches in the first inning and I thought really set the tone with their patient approach at the plate. It was evident really early on. Hassan Kim, first batter of the game, eight pitch at bat, grounds out, but had the count go to three and two and really battled. Fernando Tatis Jr. goes to a three-two count, draws a walk. Juan Soto count goes to three and two, hits the two-run home run, and the Padres never look back in this game. Joe Musgrove certainly a big part of it. Six innings, one earned run given up, picks up his ninth win of the season. Very, very good stuff for the Padres here tonight. Snap a three-game losing skid, and now of course the question becomes the question of. The rest of this season, really, can the Padres build on it? Can they do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and week by week, really, for the next couple of months? Today, all facets, starting pitching, bullpen work with what Tom Cosgrove and Alec Jacob did and certainly the offense as well. A very clean, well-pitched, 
beautiful offensive game with four home runs for the Padres. And uh, we'll see if they can build on it tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, first pitch, same time, same place, 4.07 p.m. here in San Diego, our Water SoCal Padres pregame show begins at 3.07. Right-hander Hugh Darvish on the mound for the Padres. Right-hander Jose Barrios on the mound for Toronto. Again, first pitch tomorrow at 4.07 Pre-game start time at 3.07. And by the way, just so you know, Thursday morning, we're on bright and early. Little Padres and Pancakes. 9.07 a.m. Uh, Eco Water SoCal Padres pregame show. Start time, 10.07 a.m. First pitch on Thursday, Blake Snell against Chris Bassett. The matchup in that one. Taking a look at the final totals in game one of this three-game series at the Rogers Center in Toronto here tonight. For the Padres, nine runs, nine hits, no errors. They left on eight. For the Blue Jays, one run, six hits, no errors. They left on seven. Winning pitcher Joe Musgrove, who improves the nine and two. Losing pitcher Alec Manoa, who drops the two and eight. Time of game, three hours and two minutes. And the crowd in Toronto, 42,680. As always, you can listen back to any of our post-game show on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, on the Odyssey app, or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Matty Rhodes, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long and good night. Again, the final score, the San Diego Padres 9 and the Toronto Blue Jays 1. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Padres Radio Network.